Hey there, McPherson here with the Felt Sense podcast. In this first episode of this series on the Felt Sense during relating, I'll talk about what's possible when relating feels safe and why relating can feel so dangerous. In the last series on befriending yourself, I talked about what friendship is and why it's important in healing and feeling worthy of love and belonging. I talked about what friendly qualities are, uh, what, fi- what friendly qualities are important to receive, which are the kind of qualities that can support you in feeling uh, safe, validated, seen, and connected. These kinds of qualities are beyond important to cultivate within yourself, for yourself, and often they're only learned when modeled by the way that a separate, regulated, and, and self-affirmed wholehearted person treats you. Something amazing happens when we can experience being interacted with in this friendly and empathic way. Our nervous systems are designed to keep us safe and away from danger. And socially speaking, or in relation to other people, unfriendliness is a kind of social danger. People who are um, mean, cruel, invalidating, uh, abusive, or dominating can bring with them the danger of the experience of not belonging, of criticism, being shut out, disconnected, or not worthy of regard, care, or interaction. And this experience can be devastating socially and in certain situations can be physically dangerous too. When it senses that there's danger of any kind, your nervous system activates an automatic response of self-protection. Your self-protective response is unique to you and is based on your past experiences and other cultural factors that were present when you were growing up and developing your self-protective response. It's a very, very important tool in a healthy experience of life because it's designed to keep you safe. Your nervous system either feels safe or it feels unsafe. There's really no in-between. And experiencing friendly empathy can allow our nervous systems to enter a state where they feel safe and calm, settled and at peace, ready and able to open up and both share of ourself and receive what somebody else shares of themselves. This is the kind of interaction that makes life rich and immensely enjoyable. These kinds of of bi-directional interactions between ourselves and and another person, or ourselves in a a group, a small group of people, or ourselves in a large group of people, or um, ourselves interacting with the many facets of the natural world, or perhaps even our interactions with uh, what we envision as beyond this physical world. But relating is complex. Two people with different sets of needs and worldviews, even people with similar worldviews and similar needs are still going to be two different people with at least slightly different um, histories and experiences of life that have shaped their nervous systems differently. To really connect requires that both people are, are open to sharing with and receiving each other no matter what the relationship. So this is still technically true of the interactions that you have with the, with the bank teller and the, the person at the, the grocery checkout. Um, but I'm really referring here to relationships that do go back and forth, where there's a meaningful sharing done by each person in the interaction. Uh, relationships um, 
relationships that have the potential for, for real intimacy, platonic or romantic. And if true, deep, and meaningful connection requires both parties to be open to sharing with and receiving each other, sharing with and receiving each other, then that means that both parties' nervous systems must feel safe, must feel safe together, simultaneously. And that means negotiating what each person does need in each moment, concurrently balancing what it feels like to safely and respectfully and truthfully share and what it feels like to safely, respectfully and truthfully receive. This is such a tall order because as I said earlier, no two nervous systems are the same, no two sets of needs and preferences are the same and no two sets of triggers are the same. Relating is risky. We could say or do something that triggers someone else's nervous system into becoming self-protective. The trigger could be mild in severity and easily recovered from, or it could be monumentally intense and very, very challenging to recover from. But on the other side of the risk is the experience of relating in the most beautiful, meaningful, and fulfilling way. Really seeing someone else in their full, sweet and vulnerable state, perhaps playful and funny or, or sad and suffering. And also really being seen in our full human, imperfect, creative, hopeful, remarkable selves. It can be worth the risk, but, but I feel like it's really important to make a distinction here. I know for myself, as someone who grew up around a lot of relational turmoil, um, relating was in one sense very easy for me. I craved it and therefore I was really good at creating relationships with nearly anyone I wanted to. I developed a skill set that was phenomenal for making connections. I was super extroverted. I was an excellent and like honestly a very charming conversationalist. I was into very interesting topics and activities so it was easy to um, share interesting experiences or talk about interesting things. I made a lot of connections and I had an enormous and active social scene. However, at the same time, relating was also very difficult for me. Relationships felt dangerous, and my nervous system was attuned to expecting existential demolition while relating and interacting with, with other folks. It was rife with triggers for me. <laughs> for most of my life, I didn't understand exactly what was happening when relationships would end. All of a sudden, I would be alone when I didn't want to be or when I was, I was hurting badly. Sometimes I would leave relationships um, because I'd pick them apart and I'd find things that I, I couldn't tolerate because I'd be triggered by things I'd see that I'd infer meant demolition was ahead and I'd, um, I'd get out as a means of trying to protect myself, right? I mean, it's very textbook. It happened. Sometimes I would do things that had an unintended byproduct that would really hurt someone else and they would leave. It's also very understandable. But most of the time I was bullied and I was ostracized. Folks would be really mean or cruel to me, or they would think that I did or believed things that I, that I actually didn't. And I wouldn't know how to stand up for myself and clarify when someone was insisting that I must be thinking or doing something with a particular intention that wasn't my intention at all. I didn't know how to stand up to abuse and gaslighting. I do know how to do that now, and I know how to check in with myself, find what's true for me, and speak from there. 
I had to learn how to trust myself. And so what I mean by that is I had to learn that when other people are accusing me of doing something with a particularly nasty intention, that they can be wrong. I had to learn that everything that I'm accused of is not accurate and that my self-worth and my sense of self are valid 100% of the time, 100%. And that good and healthy relating takes a fair deal of work, but that there's a way to safely do it. And now relationships don't feel as dangerous. There's still conflict, but they don't feel as dangerous. Now I can recognize really great relationships when I see them, or to put it more accurately, when I feel them. Now I know what healthy and friendly relationships actually feel like. My body has a felt sense of what that's like, which also means that I can recognize when I'm not feeling that or when relationships don't feel good or don't feel safe. I'm still getting better at taking the right actions when I do feel that sort of that icky feeling of relating that isn't friendly or that isn't mutual or empathic and intimate. But it's only because I know how wonderful it is to be given respect and space for my feelings, to, to be given space and respect for my own needs, my, my wants and perspectives, and not only to be respected for those, but to be received, included, and regarded just like I talked about in the previous podcast series on befriending yourself. It's the greatest joy of living. But the pain of relating, the triggers in relationships, they keep all of this joy that's possible at bay, feeling like it's unattainable. It actually doesn't have to be that way, but when you're like deep in it, it really feels like connection is out of reach or it's impossible. When you have unwound trauma responses, it really feels like relationships are doomed, even though you desperately seek out and try anything to make it not so. And in the next episode, which is episode six, I'll talk about why just let it go or just don't let it bother you types of approaches don't work for folks who have relational trauma or tough and hurtful past relationships. I hope to see you in there. This is McPherson on the Felt Sense podcast. Take care, kind soul.